Welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are better or worse than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. And Rich, you picked the movie this week, so tell us what you picked and why. All right, this week I picked Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, uh, from 1995. Um, 94. 94? Yes, you're right, yep. sorry. 94. <laughs> um, and I picked it because I... <clears throat> um, well, it's Super Bowl weekend at the time we're recording this, and uh, if I can think of any movie that makes me think of specifically the Super Bowl, not the sport of football, but the Super Bowl itself... This movie always comes to mind. Uh, you know, at the end of the movie, he has a little uh, Jim Carrey has a little monologue about uh, waiting for the perfect time to get his revenge. Super Bowl time, and that always sticks out <laughs> in my head. And um, it's Jim Carrey's first big movie. Um, basically, made him a star. Prior to this, I, I think he was just on in Living Color, and, and I guess probably doing stand up. Um, yeah, he had a few movies before this. Uh, yeah, but, but his first, nothing, like, nothing of this. Movie, his yeah. first leading role. This was definitely his first leading role, uh, and his first, obviously, you know, hit movie, like you said. But yeah, for the most part, he was just the token white guy on In Living Color. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it makes me think of the Super Bowl. It's a, a, a funny movie, a movie I've always loved. I remember seeing it in the theater. Um, with my brother at the time when it came out, I was 94, I was 11, didn't get all the jokes, especially the big reveal at the end. Um, I think you might've been 10 if it was February of 94 when it came out, you were definitely, uh, then, yeah, yeah, I was only 10. Yeah. Um, okay. Cause I remember it came out. Oh yeah. It was, yeah, I was, I was definitely too young to get all the jokes. I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it on VHS and then many subsequent times on, um, HBO. Yeah, I think my brother wanted to see it and took me to see it. And you got lucky. You were one of the cool kids in fourth or fifth grade or whatever it was when uh, uh, to see that movie. I think. Yeah, and um, I remember thinking before. Okay, so I was only ten, and I remember thinking that <laughs> this movie looks so dumb. Like I didn't think it was gonna be funny. I thought it was gonna be so dumb. I didn't think there'd be a plot or it just looked I remember the trailer it just looked so dumb and I didn't think I was gonna like it at all even as a 10 year old um wow. but I was like whatever okay. I'll go free movie go with my brother um and then I remember like loving it even though I didn't get all the jokes I remember like thinking the movie was so much funnier than I thought it was gonna be and just better. Jim Carrey's antics I mm-hmm. think are so if you're a kid you're gonna I mean his slapstick uh, was kind of like Jerry Lewis of, you know, for our generation, that physical comedy, that, you know, the wiry, gangly arm movements and his, cartoony the way he almost. moved his face. Yes, he was like a human cartoon. That's a good way to describe it. Absolutely, a human cartoon. So um, I just, I mean, my memories are, I did not see it in the theater, but I do remember everyone talking about it in school or in pop mm-hmm. culture on TV. I remember it being a hit. I remember wanting to see it and I didn't get to see it until, uh, I think I rented it with a friend or something or friends one night. 
And yeah, then seeing it many times on HBO. And then the more I watched it, the more I maybe not necessarily, yeah, I guess I got older, I got the jokes, but also just finding, you know, more things to laugh about. Right. But what I am surprised about uh, is the harsh, harsh critical reception that it got. I watched prior to uh, recording this podcast to prepare for this, I watched on YouTube the Siskel and Ebert segment where they review it. And right away, Gene Siskel goes, you know what? I know I'm going to talk about this movie about eight or nine, nine, ten months from now when we do our worst movies of the year list because this is probably going to be number one. So he immediately declared it his worst movie of the year. And then Roger Ebert said, you know, every so often we get asked, what's the worst movie you've seen recently? And Roger Ebert goes, you know, I have to debate between five or six titles. Now, thank you, Ace Ventura, because now I can just say Ace Ventura Pet Detective is the worst movie I've seen in recent memory. So they just completely loathed this movie and the the thrashing it got from the critics. I'm, I'm very surprised about that. But I guess also at the same time as I'm watching it, I can understand, but... Man, the audience and the critics. I would love... What? What is the... Uh, we know it's rotten, but what are the numbers for the audience score and the critic score on this one? So, um, I, this actually makes me mad. The audience... The, the critic score is 49%. So, okay. it, is, it is rotten. It is rotten. The, the not audience, terribly rotten. Not the worst rotten we've ever seen. You know, no, on, no. We've, we've, we've reviewed pod, movies that were in the teens. Way worse. Dirty yeah. Work was worse. Uh, King Ralph was worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Um, but the audience score is only 57%, which is, to me is shocking. I That's thought, a surprise. Yeah. yeah because I, in 1994, when this came out... It seemed like everyone and their mother loved it. I mean, I, obviously the critics did not, and I, I'm realizing that more now after the fact. But um, it's, yeah, I'm surprised that it's not more positively received. Well, I guess we'll talk about it, and maybe we'll figure out why. Well, um, I, I don't but, get that score. Maybe it's because, I don't know why, but, but I mean, it was a huge box office hit, right? I mean, it made a lot of money. There was a sequel. Um, this movie was quoted so much. Oh, I yeah. mean, whether it's Still take is. care now, bye bye then. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait later. Later, le who zher. Yeah. I mean, there's so do not go in there. Woo! <laughs> Maybe they're not as commonly quoted today, but in 1994, 95, in Jim Carrey's prime, every whether you saw the movie or not, you knew those quotes. Oh yeah. Yeah, even so, even I even mean, quotes that you would never say, but sometimes they come up, like Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn, like everyone knows what that. Yeah, means. everyone knew that. <laughs> I I didn't know what that meant because I was here. I heard that probably before I saw the movie. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. So and the second one, yeah, I, I did like the second one. Did you like Ace Ventura when Nature Calls? I remember liking it, thinking it was funny when I saw it. I think I saw it in theaters. I remember thinking it was funny, but thinking that it wasn't as good of a movie. Okay, I really liked it, but it's different. I like that it took Ace Ventura out of, you know... Yeah, it was very different. Florida, (laughs) USA, and into Africa. Although now, I mean, I do remember people saying it's racist and it's insensitive. I mean, because he's, you know, trying to save a bat from a... Return a bat to an African tribe. I I mean, I guess any nowadays, anything that, you know, you go into that... 
you know, culture, you're going to, you know, you're asking for problems. But in 1995, I don't think people were really aware of that. But, and that was, that had a lot of quotes too with the rhino suit and with Jim Carrey driving the big truck. Nobody wants to play with me. Yeah, I remember it, a lot it, it of has people saying moments. those things. It had, its, it definitely had its moments. Yeah. The, the, the crocodile fight, quit hitting yourself, quit hitting yourself. Yeah. yeah so yeah, um, it definitely had a lot of funny moments. Both of these movies, I think. I, I own both of them. Um, Me too. And I find them both very funny um, for uh, what they are. But uh, once again, like Tommy Boy or like Dirty Work, it's not, you know, an Oscar-worthy film. But I can't, and maybe it's not even a good film in some respects, but if I laugh, I can't, you know, deny that. I can't say, oh, it sucks, but I'm laughing, you know, through uh, half of the 90-minute runtime, so... So I, I, I see. I, I think this this is one of those comedies that has just enough of a plot. It's a it's a it's a whodunit kind of thing, and um, I think it has just enough of a plot where obviously it's you know it's nothing earth shattering, but it's a you know a decent plot that gets you through the movie, but is funny at the same time. Like you're, mm. I, I mean, I remember being like actually invested in the movie and the plot of the movie mm. and who kidnapped you know Snowflake and you know, what happened, who's Ray Finkel, all that stuff. And, and you know, I, I felt that there was actually... It's, and that was my problem with the second one, is I just felt it was just a, a, a too much of a vehicle for Jim Carrey to show off. And then mm. there wasn't enough story. So when he when it wasn't being funny, I was bored. And, um, oh, okay. <clears throat> this one, you know... When, it's when not, is it not being funny? When are either of these movies not being funny? I guess there's a few moments in this one in particular... But uh, well, I don't. I don't remember the second one off the top. Of my okay, head, yeah, the, the moments, second but... one. I feel like Jim Carrey's literally in every frame of that movie. This one, I can think of a few scenes where it's the the Miami Dolphins staff or the Courtney Cox and the 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 what's his name Roger Pedactor. I don't know the actor's name, but uh, you know, I can think of a few scenes where they have moments without Jim Carrey, but. Overall, right, and the, the right. scene where Snowflake gets taken, there's no Jim Carrey for about three to five minutes. Um, but I just overall, I but they're not I'm bad go scenes. And, no, they're not bad scenes. But I would actually disagree with you. Where I have never felt invested in the mystery. And if you, I know you have the DVD. Have you listened to the director's commentary? No, I, I never listen to commentary. I okay. find it Oh, well, I'm a big commentary fan. <laughs> I love him. But uh, um, but anyway, uh, Tom Shadiak, the director, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Shadiak or Shadiak or something like that. But I think it's Shadiak because uh, Shady Acres, the mental hospital that he goes, he checks himself. Oh, okay, cool. All right, got All right, very perceptive. All right, so that, that, that makes sense then. But the director has stated that he really thinks that he's like, I don't think Jim Carrey makes this movie. I think it would be a great movie on its own without Jim Carrey. But, but I'm like, and I totally disagree with that statement. I disagree I think with that too. You I, need it. I don't think this is a great detective story. I think if Jim Carrey wasn't Ace Ventura, then you would need another a Chris Farley or a someone mm-hmm. else who's really physical, really funny, really gifted. Maybe Robin Williams, okay? Someone who could improvise, because a lot of this was improvised. He, Jim Carrey has a screenplay credit, not by accident, okay? Right. Because <laughs> I'm sure that him and the director took the script and just did whatever they wanted with it and, and, and added a lot of their own, or Jim Carrey's shtick to it. And it, it ended up working and being very successful. But you needed, uh, you know... A, 
Steve Martin, uh, you know, someone of that caliber. Like, a G- Jim Carrey ended up, it ended up being his breakout role. But if it wasn't him, it would need to have been, you know, someone of his talent. Otherwise, there's no way this movie would have worked, in my opinion. If you had a, I don't know, Steve Gutenberg, or even he's a talented actor, but Tom Hanks, this would not have been a compelling movie for Tom Hanks to play. So, right. And he and he is funny. Tom Hanks is genuinely, uh, I think, very funny, very gifted at comedy, naturally, and if you put a script in front of him. But I don't think he would have made this movie work. Or it, it just wouldn't have been, yeah, it wouldn't have been a good Tom Hanks movie. No, no, I agree. Um, yeah, no, it, it needed Jim Carrey, and um, like I said, I, I, it's not, you know, a great movie plot, but it's it's a good comedy movie plot. It's enough to keep you interested in it when it you know, when it's when you're not laughing or kind of to, to move you along and to care about what's actually happening. Uh, while yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, even though I like this movie, I don't think I ever cared about what was happening. No, <laughs> to be, and the same thing with the sequel. The same thing with the sequel. So we'll the, we'll, well, sequel, we'll agree to disagree yeah. on that one. So yeah. the, the sequel is is like I said. There's basically no. I don't even remember what the other than uh, he's, he's trying to get a bat, right? That Chicago. Yeah, but even Chicago, like, Shawshank Redemption, Chicago, whatever he says. You're out. You're out. Get out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, once again, saw those movies way too many times on HBO, so. Yep. All right. So, uh, it came out in 94. Did we ever review a movie in 94? We did a few weeks ago with Natural Born Killers. Would you oh, like okay. to go over a few of the big highlights from 1994? Yeah, just. It's a great quick. year for movies. All right. Uh,. Pulp Fiction, Ed Wood, mm. Forrest Gump, The Lion King, Shawshank Redemption, uh, True Lies, <laughs> Speed, Natural Born Killers, which we already mentioned, um, and then some lesser films, The Crow, Crooklyn, well, they're not lesser films, but, you know, Maverick, Wolf, Quiz Show. It was a really, really great year for movies. I mean, I could just keep going, uh, but I do really think we need to talk about, even though all those movies I mentioned, you know, maybe are greater, better movies in terms of quality or in uh, some aspects than Ace Ventura. And even though Tom Hanks won Best Actor for Forrest Gump and it was the year of Pulp Fiction, you know what? Jim Carrey was the biggest box office star of 1994. Three mm-hmm. hit movies, three number one movies, two of the three, I believe, grossed over $100 million domestically. All three of them probably grossed over $100 million worldwide. Uh, but Ace Ventura, this was his first movie, his breakout hit. In February, then that summer he had The Mask, another mm-hmm. huge hit movie and a really good movie as well. And then that December, in my opinion, his best of the three uh, was Dumb and Dumber. So yep. a really good year for Jim Carrey. How many actors can say they had three hit movies in one calendar year? Three number one movies uh, in one year. So and that laid the way for Jim Carrey to be the you know biggest comedic movie star uh for the next 10 years i would say yeah and uh, i remember hearing something about um i think when he was filming um dumb and dumber ace ventura went ballistic in the box office and uh he was making like nothing for dumb and dumber because at the time he wasn't a box office hit yet yeah, well, I know in in Dumb and Dumber he did get they gave him special treatment because he was so maybe they maybe it changed from pre production to during yeah, production maybe. with him because I went to the hotel where they filmed Dumb and Dumber and it's a little background story. It's in Colorado. It's not in Aspen where it says it takes place. 
Um, but I went to the hotel, not because it's where they filmed Dumb and Dumber. That was just a happy coincidence. It's the hotel that Stephen King stayed at that inspired him to write The Shining. It's one of the uh, most haunted hotels. Yeah, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. One of the most haunted hotels in the world. And Stephen King stayed at the in the most haunted room. And it's what made him quit drinking. He was an alcoholic. Like, Shining was a little autobiographical. It's about a writer, alcoholism, child abuse. Um, and after that, after seeing the ghosts in the room and the demons that talked to him and everything, allegedly Stephen King, that's what drove him to quit drinking. And from the stories, when I went on a tour of the Stanley, which if you ever go there, Rich, you would love it. They have the picture of the moon. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a picture of me and my friend going, we landed on the moon, people. Okay. I have a picture of me uh, pretending to grab the bartender by the shirt and saying, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> and my friend and I also went up the staircase and you can't miss it. Race it to the top. And we tripped yeah. each other. Uh, so, yeah, um, but allegedly they gave Jim Carrey the most expensive room is also the, is the one that Stephen King stayed in, the most haunted room. They gave it to him at like two or three in the morning. Jim Carrey stormed out of the room without his belongings, just with like his coat and his shoes and his hat. And he said, that's it. I'm out of here. Uh, send my things to the holiday. And he got his car, had a car to come here immediately. And he did not sleep in that hotel again. He saw ghosts or spirits or something so that's what they said so um, and, and that's what stephen king claims too is that he, he was he, there were actually ghosts in the room they up yeah, and they were in the same room and stephen king maybe he attributes it to his alcoholism at the time i don't know if jim carrey's an alcoholic i know jim carrey's clearly a nut <laughs> okay yeah. in real life i don't think he's a mentally stable person in a lot of ways but uh, uh he's I'm not sure if he's had any substance abuse problems. To the not best of that my I'm knowledge. aware of. So I'm not yeah, aware. not that I'm aware of as well. I know he's had a lot of beautiful women, a lot of different girlfriends and wives and stuff like that. But that certainly doesn't mean you'd be seeing ghosts. Um, so, but he he stormed out of there his first night that they let him stay there. They gave him the best room because he was the biggest star. And uh, so yeah, um, he stayed at the Holiday and the rest of the time that they were filming in uh, Colorado yeah hmm. so but what a great year how many actors can say they had three huge movies in one year i i can't think of you know i can think of bigger actors but i can't think of another actor that could say that off the top of my head when when did you stay at that hotel going i'm going back a little bit did you stay there or just stop by we stopped by we oh, didn't okay. stay there but it was we stayed in denver it's not it was like maybe an hour out from denver we really wanted to go there because yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a stephen king uh horror aficionado uh as you know more so in the fact that it's where the and it's where they filmed the abc miniseries uh from the 90s of the shining they actually filmed it at that hotel. Oh, okay. uh, the one with Steven Weber and Rebecca De Mornay. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't remember um, it. But... It's horrible, but I'll give it credit. It's faithful to the novel. Like, you know how, if you know anything about Stephen King, Stephen King hates Stanley Kubrick's movie version of The Shining. Yeah, because okay? it's not faithful. And they're to it is totally different, but Kubrick made a great movie he right. just literally the setting and the premise and the characters are the only things that are the same okay otherwise mm. it's a completely different movie after the first 15 20 minutes it's a totally different movie the abc miniseries of the shining was faithful to the novel 
but it was horrible. And I'm not saying that's maybe it's because of the limitations of television at the time, you know, edited for TV, ABC. But also, I just think that it just didn't work. Okay, Kubrick it didn't saw translate well. It did not. Yeah, because I mean, not every book. You know, the the book's always better than the movie. Yeah, but you know, so I remember thinking this with the Da Vinci Code, like reading the book, the Da Vinci Code. Oh my God, it was such a page turner. I couldn't put it down. I finished it in like two days, three days. But then the movie was faithful. But the movie made me realize how flawed that and ridiculous that book was and how yeah. believing all these ridiculous things so yep. i mean you gotta sometimes change things for two two and a half hour movie or whatever yeah yep. so. all right um all right so getting back to ace ventura um so that yep. was 1994 uh let's go into the cast um we have jim carrey that we just talked about um big year for him um, we can talk a lot about Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. Do you have? Oh, do you, is is Ace Ventura your favorite Jim Carrey movie, or do you have any other? I mean, Dumb and Dumber is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. That's uh, your favorite. Ace okay. Ventura would, is probably my second favorite. Okay. Um, I like The Mask, but it's a little too goofy for me. Um, so I don't love The Mask. I like it, but I don't love it. I like that it introduced us to Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I mean, Bruce Almighty was good. Mm. That's you know a little bit later. Um, I thought he was a good Riddler, but I thought the movie itself was terrible. Um, I agree. And Jim Carrey at the time was, this was 1995, so a year after eight, those three movies yeah. that we mentioned, Ace Ventura, Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. So, I mean, even though I think he's credited third, I think it's Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, who was fresh off his Oscar win for The Fugitive, and uh, Jim Carrey was credited third as the Riddler. It's he's the biggest star of that movie at that time. Yeah. Or maybe even now ish. Um so yeah. Well actually no, Nicole Kidman was in that too, and she's a bigger star maybe than everyone today. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um I'm gonna make you? a bold statement. I'm gonna say from nineteen ninety four to two thousand and four, Jim Carrey was maybe the biggest if not the biggest movie star in the world, certainly the biggest comedic movie star in the world i think he had 10 years he dominated if his name was in a movie if his face was on the poster it was guaranteed a lot of money. Mm-hmm. and if it would and even if like we okay here's an example the cable guy uh, uh, not a good movie i didn't like it i know some people that love it it still made a lot of money everybody hated it but it made a lot of money um so yeah but i i would say my favorite jim carrey movie i would say that was his best he owned you know he was a massive massive star for those 10 years and then he just sort of really faded away and you know is is definitely in has-been territory now but um doing joe biden on snl what a year ago that was what he was doing Mm -hmm. um but uh i would say my favorite performance of his and movie of his is probably the truman show i can't watch it as much as i can watch ace ventura one and two dumb and dumber or eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which i consider his last truly great performance in a truly great film um I wish he got nominated for an Oscar. He was never nominated. I would say he should have been nominated for The Truman Show, Man on the Moon, and Eternal Sunshine. But um, he just, you know, I think that talking out of his butt when he went to the Oscars and talked out of his butt, they say that the Academy found that disrespectful, and that's straight out of Ace Ventura. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, we, we all know what movie you, you recall me talking about Jim Carrey with when you asked me if I liked it. Um... 
No. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's called the, not the Mirage, the, the Majestic. <laughs> the Majestic, yeah. <laughs> I, Rich and I, if you listen, we used to work at a camp at a rock wall together. Rich and another guy were at the top of the rock wall talking about movies, and somehow they're talking about the Majestic, and they go, I wonder what Jay thought of that. Something tells me he hated it. And Rich leans down and he goes, Hey, Jay, what did you think of the movie The Majestic? And I just go, Hated it! He's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but uh, you named a lot of other good movies that he did. Uh, Liar, Liar is a terrific movie. Me, Myself, and Irene, I think, is Mm -hmm. a really good movie. Um, Bruce Almighty, you mentioned. I actually liked Lemony Snicket as well. I think that was one of his last good movies, also in Mm -hmm. 2004. Same year as Eternal Sunshine. Uh, Didn't care for The Grinch. Hated The Majestic. No, I didn't like The Grinch. But those movies were still big, hyped movies. And then after that, I mean, Yes Man I thought was horrible. Uh, I Love You, Philip Morris was okay. Him and Ewan McGregor. Uh, Never saw Mr. Popper's Penguins. And yeah, it was just a lot of... I feel like all the best scripts sort of dried up and maybe Adam Sandler and other people sort of became the bigger comedic stars and took the, you know... Yeah, wind out of his sails yeah. or whatever at that point. But, I, I saw Dumb and Dumber 2 once and I didn't think it was good at all. I don't even I think saw I saw that as well. <laughs> it was awful. That was, I, I did totally even forget. I, I like to forget that that ever existed. What an insult to him and to Jeff Daniels. Jeff yeah. Daniels is a really good actor. Okay, let's not deny it. But man, that was a huge step down for him. Um, so, and when we get to talking about the director, he directed Jim Carrey in a few of his biggest movies as well, uh, some of the ones that we just mentioned. So. All right. Um, well, there's not too much of a cast to talk about here. Uh, Courtney Cox is the the female lead in this movie. Um, and has she ever looked better than in this movie? Probably not. I mean, this is what yeah, I'm like, wow, look natural she's anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, she may have, whatever surgery she had at this point, she still looked good. So, because mm-hmm. either she's wearing a push-up bra in some scenes, or I don't know, they, or it's a different dress or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she and and this is you know during Friends, right? So or before Friends, it was it was right before. I think Friends started in '94. So oh really? I oh, you'd have to look it up. I don't. Yeah, I, I thought Friends wrong, was but, earlier than that, but maybe not. But I know Courtney Cox has an interview said she's never seen this movie. She hated it. She hated making it. Really? Uh, which is because Jennifer Aniston and her obviously are, you know, co-workers and they're close. They're, I think they're friends in real life. And I think Jennifer Aniston is friends or at least friendly with Jim Carrey because they made Bruce Almighty together. Jennifer Aniston loves Ace Ventura. Or she loves Jim oh, yeah. Carrey. She loves this movie. And Courtney Cox is like, no, I can't watch it. She wanted to watch it one night. She's like, no, I'll never watch that movie. So, yeah, she, Courtney Cox does not think highly of herself in this movie or think highly of herself in the movie, period. But, uh, hey, she looks good, so I'll say that. Yeah, um, Sean Young is in this. Um, I don't know her t- from too much else. She's Stripes. allegedly a weird person. Yeah, Stripes. Um, Dr. Jack uh, or Mrs. Hyde. <laughs> ah, yes, I saw that a long time yeah, ago. I remember it being pretty bad. Uh, my favorite movie with her. Let's see if you can guess it. Uh, I don't, I don't know enough. What's a movie her. with Harrison Ford that I always talk about and you'll never watch? She's in Blade Runner. She is in Blade oh, Runner. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, that that would be my, in my opinion, Sean Young's finest hour. Uh, so yeah, yeah she's yeah. in Blade Runner. Um, otherwise, there's a few other actors worth mentioning. I know there's at least one that you'll definitely want to mention. 
Um, <clears throat> well, Dan Marino plays himself in this. Yeah. Um, and he's pretty good in this. I'm I was going to say, in terms of athletes playing themselves, while they're a current athlete, too, um, yeah. he was pretty serviceable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's not great, but he wasn't terrible. And, and He's I good as himself. Yeah. yeah. And there's not that many athletes, you know, that are that that act while they're playing that are either at all that I could think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there were some, um, but that are that are very good. Um, yeah, who's I was your, gonna say who, go watch Arliss. <laughs> who who can you who who's your favorite uh, ex athlete actor? Uh, well, we've talked about Jim Brown, and Jim Brown was uh, I'm not going to say he's an award worthy actor, but he was a solid action star actor for a number of years, and he made a lot of good appearances mm-hmm. in uh, Spike Lee movies. You know, off the top of my own, others now thinking of Spike Lee, maybe the best performance by an athlete in a movie is uh, Ray Allen in He Got Game. Did you ever see He Got Game with Denzel Washington? Yes, and yes, he is good in that. And he Ray was Allen's a he was an active really player at the time too, so that's even more he impressive. was just drafted. I think yeah. I think he wanted Kobe, and Kobe said no, and then they went with Ray Allen, who was just drafted. I think by the Bucks at the time. I, I used to know my NBA better than I do now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I think uh, that was a good performance. Otherwise, Shaq. I mean, Blue Chips. We talked about not much of an actor though, really. Um, although he was in several other movies, what else? Uh, what? Who are some other good athletes? Uh, Lawrence Taylor was good in Any Given Sunday, which we just talked about recently. Yeah, he was. Um, once again, practically playing himself. Yeah. Yeah. But he was retired at that point, nineteen ninety nine. He oh, yeah, retired definitely. for yeah at least five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So who else? Yeah. Well, what other performances by athletes? Yeah. Um. Well, uh, Carl Weathers was a football player. Okay, he's and he's been obviously Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, Predator. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's a good actor. Yeah, and and Chubbs in uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Terry Crews um, is also no a yes. former athlete, former football player. Um, and he's been in a lot of it. At least Adam Sandler movies and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right, I think he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you count The Rock, Dwayne Johnson uh, as an athlete, yeah. then he might be the best one of all time. Because uh, yeah. yeah, he. I mean, I think he's made a lot of really good movies, and he's become a huge movie star. Uh, certainly, better movies than Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin. Although Roddy Piper has a great performance in the John Carpenter movie They Live. Um, so <laughs> I know you like wrestler that. athletes. I mean, uh, he he might be in one of the top spots for me. Um, who else were you gonna say? I don't know. I think that's that's all I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, there's been some cameos, but I wouldn't count. Yeah, that. like we talked about the Fairley brothers. How yeah, they, they had, use uh, them. Cam yeah. Neely, uh, Roger Clemens, and Kingpin, uh, Brett Favre, Brett and there's Favre, something yeah. about Mary. So yeah, but once again, they're not really uh, acting. That's that's almost on Arliss level. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. Any other actors you want to go through? I can think of a few that I thought you'd mention. Um, so in this one, well, you have Tone Luke, who is really more of a, a musician, right, than an actor. But he, but in the '90s, they were putting him in a ton of movies. He was okay. in Heat with De Niro and Pacino. He was a voice in Bebe's Kids, and I think I read at the time Tone Luke was the highest paid actor for this movie. He was also in Blank Check. Did you ever see I that? I saw that when I was a kid. <laughs> I remember not liking it. Do you like Do you like Blank Check? No, I thought it was a letdown, but. 
Um, I remember him. In I it. felt the same way too. Yeah, I felt. I remember being excited to see it. Oh boy, a kid's gonna. Well, when did we we mentioned blank check before on a podcast? Because a friend of mine. Uh, yeah, we did was upset that, that yeah. neither of us liked blank check, so we must have mentioned it for some <laughs> reason. I don't remember why, but uh, um, that was a letdown. Yeah. Um, who else would I mention in this movie? Um, Randall Tex Cobb, maybe. I like Randall Tex Cobb. Yeah, raising Arizona, another former football player turned uh, actor. Yeah, um, Fletch lives, I believe. Mm, yes, that's right. Yeah, I think he's in Fletch Lives. I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, okay, here yes, I'm just he gonna is. tell you. I, I confirmed okay. it. <laughs> All right, Mark Margolis. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's you love yes. Mark Margolis, who's ageless, in the sense that he's looked like an eighty year old man ever since he was thirty, or ever since I don't know this movie, or he's looked exactly the same. Look at him in Breaking Bad. Look at him in Better Call Saul. Look at him in Ace Ventura. Look at him in Scarface, uh, which was 20 years ago. Scarface, which was 1983, which was 10 or 11 years yeah. before Ace Ventura. The man has never changed. He's looked like an old man permanently. He, uh, he so. actually looks older in Scarface than he does in this movie. <laughs> I'd have to go back and see him in Scarface. But he, I mean, he really, he's got that look. And I, I can't picture him looking any other way because he's looked the same way for almost 40 years as far as I know. Yep. No, that's a, yeah, um, yeah. Definitely, Breaking Bad is a was a, probably got to be one of his most iconic roles now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, his uncle with the even though he doesn't say a word. He's, yeah, he's, he's that's the best part. He doesn't it, even yeah. speak, and he's amazing in it. Yeah, <laughs> really, really good. Good actor. Yeah, it just pushes the little ding. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to Udo Kier, who has a small role, German actor, and he always mm. looks like such a villain. And I guess he's nah, he's not really a villain in this, but uh, he's just a rich guy. Uh, but he's he usually plays villains. He was in a few Dario Argento movies. Uh, he was in the movie Blade. He was like one of the vampire leaders in Blade okay. uh, with Wesley Snipes. So, yeah, I, I've always liked Udo Kier in movies. So, All right. And there's a couple others that we'll talk about as they come up. Um, no Seinfeld connections. We haven't done a Seinfeld connection in at least two or three weeks. No, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a Seinfeld I, I, drought for us. Well, yeah. yes, there, there is a Seinfeld connection. There uh, is? Yes. An easy one, actually. I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. But yes, an, an obvious Seinfeld connection, which is Courtney Cox, who plays Jerry's girlfriend in an episode where he pretends that uh, she's his wife, so they get a dry cleaning discount. Yes. Was that her or Deborah Messing? No, definitely her. Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing's the other one, the anti-dentite. Yes, anti-dentite. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, I remember that. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah, you you definitely know Seinfeld better. Um, but, uh, okay. And there are two Ghostbuster connections, and we could talk about them now or talk about them as the Yeah, well, they were the, they were the people I said we'll get to them, but we could talk about them now. There's um, the girl, the woman from the beginning of Go- the first Ghostbusters. The, the librarian, librarian in the opening scene, yeah. yeah. Um, and she plays Ray Finkel's mom in this, and then Alice Drummond, Alice I believe, Drummond. is her name. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and the um, the mayor of in Ghostbusters one and two um, is plays a doctor in this movie, and, and you know his name. I don't remember it, but David Margulies. Yes, <laughs> yes. Old Jewish actor passed away a few years ago. He was Tony Soprano's lawyer in The Sopranos. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was a New York-based actor, popped up in a lot of uh, 
uh, films in the 80s. Like playing pretty, pretty much basically, he always seemed to play that same type as the mayor that he was in New York. He was never in a movie for more than five or ten minutes. As much screen time <laughs> as he had in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. He had that. He was in, okay, he's in a Brian De Palma movie I love called Dress to Kill with Michael Caine and Nancy Allen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's and he's really good in that. Or he's he wants it, or he's really good. He's, he's in it for five to ten minutes. Okay, also as a doctor, I believe, too, at a mental institution, so... Okay. He's either um, mayors or doctors at mental institutions. Yeah, I always, whenever I think of him, I think of the line from Ghostbusters 2. I spent an hour on the phone last night with Fiorello LaGuardia, and he's been dead for 40 years. <laughs> yes, that was Ghostbusters 2, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was 2, yeah. Um, all right, so then the, the director, uh, Shadiac, or Shadiac, however you say his last name, um, looks like, I just looked at his, his filmography now, it looks like he directed a lot of Jim Carrey movies. Mm-hmm. Um Evan Almighty, which was a spinoff of a Jim Carrey movie. And that was um, his last movie. That was like 2007. And then after that, he sort of cracked up and like said a lot of like things against Hollywood uh, and show business. So yeah, he, he sort of had a bit of a meltdown. But between 1994 and 2007, he was a pretty in-demand director, was he not? I guess. I mean, he did Nutty Professor 2. Nutty Professor, and Nutty big Professor. hit movie. No, he didn't do Nutty Professor 2. He did Nutty Professor 1. Uh, he was a producer on on 2. Okay, yeah. He um, did Okay, he did Liar Liar. Liar really Liar. good Jim Carrey yeah. movie. Patch he Adams. He did, did Patch Adams, big hit movie for Robin Williams. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you were a more the Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, who were bigger comic actors in the 90s. Okay, maybe Adam Sandler eventually, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, what else did he do? Bruce Almighty. Uh yeah. Dragonfly, which I don't. Dragonfly, which I never saw with Kevin Costner. He tried to do a dramatic movie. Oh, okay. um, I never saw it. Heard it wasn't that good, but I remember seeing the trailer for it. Um, yeah, Dragonfly, and then anything else after Evan Almighty or between Bruce Almighty and Evan Something Almighty? Something in 2018 called Brian Banks, which I don't know what it is. Oh, I heard of it. That's about football. Okay. Heard about it. I didn't realize he directed that. Yeah, I remember shortly after, when Evan Almighty failed at the box office, he, like, lashed out and, like, said all these awful things about, like, the studios and Hollywood and, like, yeah. I remember hearing that and I was like, okay, so that's the end of him. But uh, I guess 10 years later, 11 years later, he made a little bit of a comeback. I guess, you know, whatever. He needs money. So. Yep. So, all right. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the movie. Um so, like we said before, 49% uh, critic score, 57% audience score, which is crazy because the the audience score for Ace Ventura 2 is, like, in the 70s, which is, I don't know how that's wow. higher than this one. yeah. That's a, flaw. that's a flaw on the website. That's a flaw. We're picking, pointing out, although the more we, we really analyze Rotten Tomatoes, the more flaws I find with this whole system. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can't, I, I mean, I don't know. I have a friend who swears by Metacritic, but... Other than him, when I mention Metacritic to people, they look at me like I have two heads. They don't know what it is. But everyone knows Rotten Tomatoes, so somehow, because the word is Rotten Tomatoes, I guess, that, that you know, sticks and people really, you know, uh, it resonates with people. Yeah. So, whatever. All right. So, the movie is about when the dolphin mascot of Miami's NFL team is abducted. Ace Ventura, played by Jim Carrey, a zany private investigator who specializes in finding missing animals, Looks into the case. Soon, Miami Dolphins players are kidnapped too, including star player Dan Marino, played by Dan Marino, uh, making Ace's sleuth work even more pressing. Uh, 
Working with Dolphins representative Melissa Robinson, played by Courtney Cox, Ace closes in on the culprits, but not before many ridiculous misadventures. So, um, all right. So let's. So the movie opens with um, some, you know, um, someone walking down the street. And I always thought it was weird. It opens up with like slow mo, and then all of a sudden he's walking normal. Like, what were they going for with that? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. It was that. kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. slow mo shoes walking, and then all of a sudden it's just it moves into like normal speed. Um, yeah. He uh, Jim Carrey is introduced right away. He is uh, pretending to be delivering a package. Um, it's fragile. It's full of glass, or at least it sounds like it is. And but he's kicking it and. Uh, dropping it and it falls down the stairs and just you know his shtick. Um, my, it's a my, very funny scene. It's my a favorite, very funny first. My favorite scene. is when the elevator doors are closing on it and yes. he doesn't realize that it's happening, <laughs> or he pretends like he doesn't realize. <laughs> he it's pretends that I think he knows exactly. Yeah, it what does. He's yeah, doing. He it's knows, just, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so. I like that. One. And you always notice the paunch, the little pup belly that he has. Um, I, I think that you know was a nice touch that they made yeah. sure to include that. Uh, for later, yeah, which what will happen after he when he meets the uh, person that he's delivering the package to. Yeah, so that's where uh, Randall Tex Cobb comes in. He's the person he's delivering the package to. Um, turns out he's actually just trying to uh, get his dog, and he swaps it with a stuffed animal, and uh, then you know runs out with the dog in his shirt. So I guess the the stuffed animal was what was stuffed into his shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, With a little card that says "You've been had, you've been had by, by Ace, Ace Ventura, Ventura. pet yeah. detective." <laughs> um, then he brings the, the the dog back to his car, and he, the car won't start. Um, another funny scene: oh, it's flooded. We'll just give it a few seconds, <laughs> and then the guy comes and bashes his windshield. Or we can try mm-hmm. it now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, a lot of funny lines in that scene, and and you know, at warning: assholes are closer than they appear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, that comes up, yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of good uh, lines there, and the guy beats the you know, bashes the windshield of the car, and you know chases after the car. They escape. Um, what do you think of the music in this movie? Because the music Funny. is very prominent right from the yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. Score by Ira Newborn. I think it's a, he's Ace Ventura has a good theme when mm-hmm. he's doing stuff. I think the music is good. Um, it's very present. Um, and yeah, it, it flows with the movie, with the action, very well. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's, I don't know if it's like detective music or caper music or you know whatever it may be, but yeah, to me, it's just funny music. It I is wouldn't picture funny, this yeah. once again. This music couldn't be the score to a movie mystery like L.A. Confidential or Chinatown. No, no, no. But for Ace Ventura, it fits. Yeah. Um. He returns the dog to the owner, who is a very pretty woman. Um, I, I always get a kick out of the scene when he, he, when she says like, how can I ever repay you? And he says, well, there was some damage to my car. It's a high performance machine. I have to fill it with premium. <laughs> Meanwhile, a reward would be nice. Yeah. He says something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, uh, his car is not a high performance machine. I think it's just no. an old Chevy Monte Carlo, I think. But, um, how do if I just take your pants off? Let me think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or okay. <laughs> whatever he says. Sure. Yeah. And then he's like holding on. Like hold I. And I certainly did not get that when I first saw. No, this me neither. I didn't really know what was old. happening. Yeah. I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> yeah. Um. Then next scene cuts to the dolphin 
uh, a dolphin getting stolen from a stadium. Um, we find out shortly after that it's, uh, I guess, the mascot of the Miami Dolphins, which, to my knowledge, they never actually had a real dolphin as their mascot. Um, <laughs> or Nor any pro team has a real... I know some college teams used to, maybe. I don't, I don't know if anyone does anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, now it's all just caricatures. But... Um, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, like... Uh, like you know, big costumes, people in costumes. Yeah, but, right, right, right. Um, yeah, so the dolphin gets stolen, um, and uh, that kind of drives the plot of the movie going forward. Um, he, uh, Ace Ventura, sneaks into his has to sneak into his own apartment. Um, that's when we're introduced to his landlord, who is uh, Mark Margulis. Um, Excuse me, who is that? Satan? Yeah, oh, well, it's no, you. You. Hear, you hear Ventura. Yes, Satan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Satan? Oh, um, it's you. <laughs> yeah. And he yells at him about not having animals in the house and, and or in his apartment, and he you know, says that there are no animals in there. Oh, yeah, what's, well, all, what's pet all the food pet food for? Food for? <laughs> Fiber. <laughs> Fiber. <laughs> um, that's not a good line. And then um, Courtney Cox and, um, you know, oh, he jiggles his keys and yeah. that's I guess that's the so signal. the animals know to hide. So the animals yeah. know to hide. So when he opens the door, uh, none of the animals are in there. And then the landlord leaves. The door gets slammed right in his face, which I always thought that was funny. That's a funny scene. And yes. then uh, all the animals come out, and uh, you know he's kind of singing, and they all come and flock to him. And penguins, penguins skunks, yeah, <laughs> every yeah. kind of animal you can imagine. Yeah, parrots, birds. Mm-hmm. Um. Next scene is Courtney Cox and Roger Pedactor getting yelled at by their boss to find the dolphin or find new jobs. Um, so they are recommended to hire Ace Ventura from, I guess, the secretary there at the at, at, some old lady, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who says that that she had a pet detective find her dog. Um, so they decide to do that. Um, they call, you know, he comes to, he goes to the stadium. Um, Courtney Cox. He's introduced to Courtney Cox. He her name's Melissa in this. Um, he watches some footage of the dolphin kicking field goals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how we know that it was you know the Miami Dolphin that was stolen and mm-hmm. you know how important that dolphin is and that the Dolphins. Uh, we also learned that the Dolphins are in the Super Bowl that year, so they are playing for the Super Bowl against what team, Rich? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. <laughs> and I remember at the time, the joke in, around my neck of the woods in South Jersey was, you know this is a movie because the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the version... How, where did you watch this? How did you watch I, it? Now, I, the, the, it's on Amazon Prime. That's what I watched. And, it, yeah, and, and that is a different version than the DVD I have with the commentary. Because the DVD does have a few extra scenes that are not in Amazon Prime. Okay, so, so I know there's different versions out there. So I I remember when I had this on VHS, it said real big on the front of front of the box with an additional additional footage not seen in theaters. Yep, I and, think it says it on the DVD. As and well. the additional footage was one scene, and that's right where we're at now, of um, Jim Carrey pretending that he was the Dolphins trainer, Heinz Skitz Velvet or something like that. Yes. Yes. Um, and using a like I guess a German accent or something like that, mm-hmm. and and I also think there's additional uh, Star Trek impressions when he goes into the tank. 
Oh, okay. And he does a Scotty. I think in the the version I saw on Amazon Prime, he does Kirk and McCoy Bones. But then I think in the DVD version, he does a Scotty. You don't have the power. I don't remember him saying that in the um, in the uh, Amazon uh, Prime version. I, I, I definitely remember him saying that, but I don't know if it was in the version I watched last night. Okay, um, yeah, I don't remember him saying that. And I think when he comes out of the tank, he sings like a song, and that wasn't in the Amazon Prime version. That's the part and, I'm talking about now when he pretends. Yeah, yeah okay, so trainer. that part, that's him as the, yeah, so that's the big scene that's cut out. That's like two or three minutes. And yeah. then also, I think there's, when he knocks down the fat detective, I don't remember his the character's name, but you know who I'm talking Aguado. about. There's one, look, yes, that guy. And after he kills the cockroach, yeah. when he knocks him down and he makes him kiss it in the DVD, you actually see him kiss it. In Amazon Prime, he doesn't, you just, just now kiss it. And then it cuts to the next scene with him and Tony. Oh, I don't remember him ever kissing it. Interesting. Oh, then maybe I'm misremembering. I, okay, don't don't hold me on that. But <laughs> I thought I, I've seen it somewhere where he kisses it. Maybe it was on HBO years ago. Okay, one of the many times I watched maybe. it there. So, I, don't, I don't ever remember seeing him kiss it, but uh, I do know the other scenes you're talking about. Um, but uh, yes, on the version I watched last night, it was the I guess it was the theatrical version because it did not have the extra footage. Okay, and in that's it. what's available on Amazon Prime. So, right. Okay. Uh, but I do I do remember liking the scene that got cut um, with him being the dolphins train the dolphin trainer mm-hmm. and and talking yeah, with yeah. an accent. It's like a total of two or three minutes that are cut. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, he finds a gem in the tank, which kind of mm-hmm. uh, leads him on. Uh, well, he doesn't know what it is yet, but he, he finds that, so he knows it's a clue. Um, he goes to the police station to find out what they know. Uh, he, that's where we meet Tone Luke, who is, I guess, his cop buddy. Um, he, mm-hmm. Also a famous scene because he's talking out of his butt. Um, you know, and this was a controversial making, scene. This is where people uh, okay. lost their minds. Really? This is where he did this at the Oscars. This is people point to that and the moment where he did his Ace Ventura talking out of his butt at the Academy Awards the following year as the reason why he wasn't nominated for the Truman Show. Interesting. Because he was a huge favorite. He won a Golden Globe for the Truman Show. He ended up winning a Golden Globe the following year for Man on the Moon. But Man Man on the Moon wasn't the same dominant, massive hit. Truman Show was a huge hit. Everyone said Jim Carrey should win or at least be nominated. Everyone said, you know, and he wasn't even nominated. And people said that's the reason he wasn't nominated. That seemed to be the consensus that the media said at the time. Not that there were five better, more deserving performances that year. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, funny scene. A scene I remember mm-hmm. always loving when I was little and still you know, funny now. Um, Sean Young is introduced here as Lois Einhorn. She's the lieutenant of the Miami Police Department. Um a joke that went over my head, which I think is funny now, is when he says that he's at the police station to confess that he was the second gunman on the grassy knoll. You probably mm-hmm. got that the first time you saw it. Yeah, I, I think didn't. I probably got that, <laughs> me being the history nut that I've always yeah. been. Um, what I did notice this time is when he turns around and meets her, he goes, holy testicle Tuesday. A little bit of foreshadowing there. Yes, and I, ne- I still didn't realize that until... I read like the trivia and I was like, oh yeah, huh, that's funny. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Holy testicle Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, when he, when he uh, when she says we'll find the porpoise, and then he goes on the rant about how they're not looking for a porpoise, and then mm-hmm. the uh, 
the, this is a line I, I say to my wife a lot whenever she does something that she's just not paying attention to anything. I always go, that's what turns me on about you, your attention to detail. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, next, he visits a friend of his and that, I guess, lives below a, a rock uh, concert hall or something. I don't know. Um where well, there's yeah, a heavy metal sort of, show seeing, or something. Yeah, we're seeing Cannibal Corpse, which allegedly Jim Carrey lobbied for them to get in. He's a Cannibal Corpse fan. Uh, a lot of headbanging, a lot of mid-90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks, it, and I like that kind of music, but this just looks plain unpleasant, that scene. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. Um, the f- another famous line, which I every time I'm at the grocery store, I always think of, New England clam chowder. Clam chowder. Is that, Is the, that red the red or, or the white? white? Oh, I can never <laughs> remember that. The white, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I like the I like New England clam chowder, and I do not like Manhattan clam chowder, which is the red that he's referencing. You know, I've had them. I've had both. I prefer New England clam chowder. What I don't like is I lived in Rhode Island, Rhode Island clam chowder. I didn't even know that was a it's, thing. It's uh, neither did I until I lived there, and the reason what there's a reason why it's only in Rhode Island. It's in a clear <laughs> broth. Oh no. I'd rather have the red or the white. I yeah. do prefer the the white, but the the clear broth. I think I had it once, and I was like, "This is this just tastes like I don't know, hot water with clams and yeah, no. <laughs> some vegetables in it." It wasn't good. So yeah, New England is is the best. That's the way to go, I think. For clam yeah. chowder, uh, so or as they say it up there, chowder, chowder. Yeah. Um, so his friend tells him. You know, he asks his friend if anyone's been buying a lot of marine equipment. To house a dolphin, uh, he the first, the number one name that comes up is um, Ronald Camp, who has a connection. He's a rich guy who has a connection to the dolphins. Um, so uh, he's having a party of Miami's elite. So uh, Ace says that he has to get himself invited, and of course he uses Melissa to be his date to get to the party, so he could kind of investigate to see if Snowflake is at this guy's house. Um, great scene here um yes. you like the, you like the party scene very much the whole party scene is every every Kudo bit of here every bit of it the food in his mouth the him uh uh where he does that elaborate all he has to do is walk and open the door and he's like crawling on the railing avoiding the pool yeah, <laughs> and yeah jumping yeah. over to the top yeah um everything with the shark everything with his face oh whatever and uh the do not go in there. Woo! Okay, it's great, great moments all around. And and those are the the iconic moments of that scene, but they aren't even my favorites. I'll tell you my favorites. First, his name. He's introduced as Tom Ace, which I, I don't know why I think that's so funny, but <laughs> okay. I, she didn't want to say Ace Ventura because it's such a ridiculous name that <laughs> okay. she has to change his name to Tom Ace. Um, congratulations on your success. You smell terrific. <laughs> I thought that line was really funny. <laughs> that is a good um, you know, one of the things Melissa and I were talking about back at Stanford Law is the uh, food poisoning claims against wealthy homeowners. In fact, one can have a, a pretty lucrative law practice with nothing else. <laughs> I thought that was fun. And look, honey, there's the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> I thought that was all funny. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, what's, what's hey, Ron, where's the bathroom? I think it's the pate. <laughs> Um, again another funny line because of claim you know the the whole food poisoning angle there Mm -hmm. um and then as they're leaving (laughs) 
Ronald, the guy goes, I'll be sure to have the plumbing checked immediately. Be sure that you do. If I had been drinking out of the toilet, I could have been killed. <laughs> yes, that's a great line. <laughs> so all, all those, a lot of funny lines in that scene that, uh, I, and that you, you had mentioned that, you know, the bigger ones, but I, 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 the whole thing is just great comedy. It is a great scene. It's a great five, ten minutes. Scene. It is. Um, but that's when he notices that Ronald Camp has a ring and he notices that the gemstones in his ring are the same as the one he found in the tank, uh, the, the drained dolphin tank. Um, so he makes a connection. He knows that Ronald Camp is clean because he has all his ring. All, he has all the stones in his rings, but then he realizes that the person that stole the dolphin is connected to the 84 Dolphins uh, when they won the AFC Championship and did go to the Super Bowl that year, which is factual. Who did um, they lose to in 84? Uh, they lost to the 49ers, and they did not lose by a field goal. It was a blowout, 38-16. Oh, okay. Joe Montana was on the Niners. He went off, and oh, you know, okay. Marino was only a second-year quarterback at the time. So Gotcha, gotcha. And then 85 was the Bears with yes. the Super Bowl shuffle? Yep. Okay, I remember that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they were in the Super Bowl in 84, or it's the 84 Dolphins were in the Super Bowl, but they did not, uh, it was not, it did not, there was no Ray a, Finkel. Okay. Yeah, and it did not come down to a field goal like the, this movie claims it did, but, um, okay. uh, so he knows he has to go and find the Dolphin player or person on the team that, uh, is missing the stone out of their ring. Um, so you have a funny montage there. Great montage um, coming up. Oh my god! Now, how many? Now, these are, uh, do you did you recognize any of the those, the real athletes? Correct, and a lot uh, of those yeah. Students, there's right? like four or five of them. The only one that I really recognized because I don't know much about the '84 Dolphins other than Dan Marino was their quarterback and Don mm-hmm. Shula was their coach. Don Shula, uh, I was going to say he's at the mailbox. Don right? Shula is the mailbox, and okay. uh, Dan Marino is obviously playing himself and. In the movie. Yeah, you can't miss Dan um, Marino. But everyone else, I think, were actual players. Yeah, a lot the of them Dolphins. were actual players that were on the team. Uh, but nobody that I was, I mean, if, if you're a Dolphins fan or even were just, you know, a fan of, you know. Alive, yeah, and, alive and enough the to 80s, remember 1984 yeah. football, you might know these people. Yeah, But so. uh, not anyone that stood out to me personally. Um, but, yeah, I do believe that a lot of them, if not all of the ones that they show in this montage, were real players. Yeah. Um, and it's even, even the guy that he's peeing next to, that's a funny scene. <laughs> yeah, I think that guy um, was still playing at the time that this movie came out, actually. That's funny. Good for him being a good sport. I yeah. love the scene where he's chasing the guy on the track and finally gets the chloroform. Uh, that's funny. He um, whacks the guy in the towel with the in the shower. Yep, to get um, punched in yeah, the face. All, all funny moments. Yeah, the guy punches him in the face, and he's looking at the the bruise on his forehead, seeing if it's missing gives, a spot. Yeah, he, he swerves at the guy, so the guy gives him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> and a long stare through the binoculars. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good, a lot of, all, it's it's a funny montage. This is one of the funniest scenes. And it's all uh, well, well um, edited to a... Mm-hmm. Um, Aerosmith song. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so he crosses off all the players. Um, he can't find him, so he gets mad. And um, yeah, he, he can't. He checked all the players on the picture he has. Can't find mm-hmm. the player that has a missing ring. So um, he gets upset. Uh, he starts snapping at Melissa. Um, 
you know. I always thought this scene was kind of not funny where he's calling her fat. And so I was like, what the? Yeah, it, it wasn't. Just, it just seemed rude and mean. And people have accused Jim Carrey of being that or this character, this movie being that. This is the only place where I would say, all right, maybe they're right. It's not funny. It's, it's just, I always thought that was a bad scene. The, it's also the only time in the whole movie there's like a one second clip where he is actually not being cartoonish and being sincere. When after he's mean and calls her fat and everything, he goes to apologize. Did you notice that? I think that's the only mo- time mm-hmm. in any Ace Ventura movie where he actually talks like a human being and not a cartoon. Okay. He's just yeah, like, yeah. he's just like, listen, Melissa, I uh, like he was actually like being sincere and normal. Um, yeah, good point. And yeah. then, but that's when he notices that something's going on with her, and that's when she finds out that uh, her coworker Roger Pedactor um, has committed suicide. And here comes my favorite scene in the this, movie. Yeah, this is a great scene. Um, they go to his apartment. Um, they're talk, you know, they're talking about what happened. And the one neighbor says that they heard a scream come from the apartment. And another neighbor says that when he got in, he had to open the sliding glass door. And then, uh, well, do you want to take it from here? You're sure you had to open the sliding glass door. <laughs> well, let me. And he's meanwhile the 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 Sean Young's character and uh, the detectives. They're like, it's a clear suicide. It's a parent suicide. Right. He notices blood on the railing, and then he's like, just one more thing. He does a little bit of a Columbo here, and he's like, this. He goes, you're sure you had to open the door? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite scene with yeah, him screaming, opening, closing the, opening and closing the screen door, the sliding door, mm-hmm. and then finally he comes in and explains it's you know soundproof, you know, pain glass, yeah. no way, yeah, that uh, she could have possibly heard the scream if that door was closed. I have exercised the demon. Little poltergeist reference. This mm-hmm. house is clean. So yeah, and then she, Einhorn just like get him out of here because yep. she knows she wants everyone to think it's a suicide. But uh, yeah, now obviously we're realizing that there was some sort of struggle and he was murdered. Yeah, he so. was thrown from the balcony and he didn't exactly. kill himself. Then, um, so they, they are trying to figure out who, what dolphin is missing or who has the ring that, that he didn't check. And then he sees a new picture of the team and sees someone in the picture in, in that picture. That's not in the picture he was using to eliminate people from that. He was checking their rings. Um, and that's when he finds out that there was a kicker on the team that was added mid year. So he wasn't in the picture she had, uh, that he had originally, I mean, um, but uh, his name was Ray Finkel. He missed the field goal in the eighty in the eighty four Super Bowl that cost them the game, according to the movie. Again, not in fact, not fictional, not factual, but um, that, that apparently this kicker missed a field goal and they lost the game because it was a twenty six yard field goal, which is about as close as you can get. I, I don't think I think the shortest field goal you can get is because it starts all. You snap it from the one, and I think you add 18. So, like, 19 yards is the shortest field goal you could get. Um, Mm. And this was a 26-yard field goal. So, that's like snapping it from, like, the seven-yard line. Um, Wow. So, it's a very short field goal, and no kicker should miss that ever. It's basically an extra point. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The old extra points. Now they kick them from farther back. but, Mm. um, But he missed that and lost the game. Um we find out later that the, well, at least Ray Finkel thinks the reason that kick was missed was because Dan Marino, who was the holder, 
uh, did not put laces out, which again, I didn't even know that was a thing when I first saw this movie. And now who, anyone that's, you know, who doesn't know that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because, I think because of this movie. popularized that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, that the laces should be facing away from the kicker because I guess if they're facing the kicker, it can mess with the tra- trajectory of the ball or make it, uh, less predictable on where, where it's going to go. Um, so, um, he, he goes to Finkel's house. Uh, he lives in, you know, the, I guess a really, uh, crappy part of Florida. Boondocks Boondocks, area. Everglades looking part of Florida. Yeah. Um, the, his house has spray paint all over it, uh, about how he choked and all this. Ray Stinkle. Stinkle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes, he, he knocks on the door and says he's looking for Ray Finkel and a gun points out at him and he says, and a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> That's a good delivery. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Finkel's parents we meet here, his mom thinks that Fink- Ray is going to be coming home anytime, but dad says that no, he's not coming home. He was in a, he escaped from a mental institution. Has They haven't seen him in a forever and they still, the mental institution still has his stuff. Um, mom comes out with little footballs, little cookies. And then, you know, another famous line, what do you know? They're little footballs. Um, <laughs> and holds it up. Holds laces it up. Out. <laughs> yep. Laces out. Uh, goes and sees his room and his room is like a, uh, scene out of, uh, um, murder movie or, or a horror yeah. movie. Um, you know, die, Dan die is written all over the walls. There's arrows and mm-hmm. knives and Dan, pictures of Dan Marino's head. And, um, Basically, you know, he's clearly blaming Dan Marino for everything. There's a clip of the game, which was shown mm-hmm. um, on like a film on reel. A film yeah. reel, yeah, of the field goal being missed, and for some reason, a guy is holding a sign that says "Revenge." <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess he puts two and two together. Oh, the the, uh, the his mom has a funny line: "Dan Marino should die of gonorrhea and rot in hell." <laughs> she, yes. But she's saying it like she's the sweetest little old lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so he so Ace Ventura puts two and two together that um, Ray Finkel is the one that took the dolphin, and also that Dan Marino is about to be kidnapped, um, which he is when doing a commercial for Isotoner gloves, which I don't know if they still exist. They were popular in the nineties, yeah. I can attest to that. But yeah, I don't know if I've heard of that brand. They used to have the slipper socks too, right? Yeah, yeah, they had. Uh, yeah, oh, with okay. like the grips yeah. on them. Yeah, grips on the bottom. Yeah, I haven't seen those in a very long time. I don't know if they still make those, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so he gets kidnapped by these two goons um, during while he's filming the commercial. They were dressed up mm-hmm. like guys that were going to be in the commercial as football players, and they just take him. Um, Guys, was there a rewrite? What's going yeah, on? What is this, a rewrite? <laughs> <Dan> Marino. <laughs> um, East then goes to Lois Einhorn and tells him his theory about everything. And she uh, all of a sudden, you know, starts kissing him and, you know, says that he's basically that he's right. And, you know, all right, back off. We'll handle it from here. He's saying, no, I'll handle it from here, you know, and I'll let you know when I rescue Snowflake. Um, mm-hmm. Funny line when she's kissing him, your gun is digging into my hip, which <laughs> at the time we don't know why or the viewer doesn't know why. Uh, but uh, there's a call back to that line later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he then gets committed to the mental institution. 
so that they can uh, so that he can try to figure out if they know anything or and look at the stuff that he uh, left there. Um, and that's where the doctor from uh, that plays the mayor in Ghostbusters. That's where we meet him in his scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Rafe um, Ace Ventura is playing. Uh, it's supposed to be like an ex-athlete that uh, is having trouble letting go of the game. Um, so mm-hmm. he does his normal antics and shtick, and you know, it's a pretty funny scene. It uh, is funny, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, finds a storage closet with Finkel stuff in it. He finds um, an article about a missing camper, a missing hiker named Lois Einhorn but can't really figure out how Einhorn and Finkel are in it together. Um, and that leads to a funny uh, montage where he's trying to figure out in his apartment uh, how Finkel and Einhorn are connected in some way. Um, mm-hmm. he's, Finkel and Einhorn, Finkel and Einhorn, Einhorn and Finkel. <laughs> the monkey's like mimicking him. And, mm-hmm. um, and then he yells at his dog to uh get away from him because he doesn't have any food because he has no money and the dog sits on a magazine with ray finkel's face on it and the dog's fur goes around ray finkel's head like a wig it kind of looks like a wig and that's, <laughs> and that's all it takes <laughs> that's, that's all it takes for him to realize that einhorn is finkel finkel is einhorn einhorn is a man oh my god einhorn <laughs> is a man <laughs> And then they have the funny play, uh, montage playing to the crying game music with him throwing up, putting the plunger on his face. Yeah, burning all his <laughs> Going clothes. Going in the shower, burning yeah. all his clothes. <laughs> yeah, so. And the crying game was a popular 90s movie at the time where it's a man, but you don't know it's a man until almost ha- almost the end or have, at least halfway through. Did you ever see the crying I game? Di- no, I didn't. Who is it? Is it like, a, was it a big movie? Because I don't even, I remember it a little bit. But... It was a big Oscar movie. Oh, okay. So, and that, that was the big surprise twist is you don't, you're not supposed to know that one of these characters is a man. And or the other person and, doesn't know either, I'm assuming? We're not supposed to know. The other person isn't supposed to know. Okay. And then when they do reveal it, it's supposed to be a big shock. And yeah, I mean, I have my own problems with the movie, but uh, who, who it was, was in a it? big deal at the time. Stephen Ray, Miranda Richardson, no one really. Yeah, oh, directed okay. by Neil Jordan. It, it kind of put him on the map because I think he won a screenplay Oscar for it, the writer-director. And then he followed it up with Interview with the Vampire, which was uh, probably, okay. well, not 1994, the biggest movie of his career. Um, I personally don't recommend it, but it's it's an interesting movie, I suppose. So, okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, whatever. Um. So. And then, then, then you'll it, at least get those jokes a little better or know why they played the crying game song in the background. Yeah, well, I mean, I figured sung, it out. But... Sung by Boy George as well, so oh, just another, okay. yeah, yeah. No, that, that's fitting. Um, yeah. And um, so then, then it's, you know, it's him sitting in his car putting, like, 20 pieces of gum in his mouth. And, yes. <laughs> and he's fo- he follows Einhorn, and then he's he's reenacting everything in his head, and he's that's when he's like, "Your gun is digging into my hip." <laughs> and he realizes it wasn't his gun, uh, yeah. her gun. I mean, um, so that was funny. Um, so he follows Einhorn to uh, I guess a marina, and that's where uh, he sees that Dan Marino is being held, and Snowflake is kidnapped and uh, are being held as well. Uh, and uh, 
so he ends up, you know, knocking out the thugs and trying to save Dan Marino, but she, uh, Einhorn shows up, the cops show up, uh, she pretends like Ace, she tries to put the blame on Ace Ventura, um, and when all the cops show up, Ace then reveals his theory, um, which is that, um, you know, Lois Einhorn is Ray Finkel and waited all this time, which if you think about the whole plan, it really is kind of ridiculous. Um, Oh, the whole thing, the detective story aspect is ridiculous. And the way he finds out that Einhorn is Finkel is ridiculous. So that's where the, you know, I disagree with your opinion or the director's theory that it's a really good detective mystery. It's a really good, you know, without Jim Carrey. No, you needed, this movie could only work the way it's done. Okay. I, I and if not Jim Carrey, like I said, it has to be Robin Williams, or it could have been Chris Farley, or someone who's that manic, physical, uh-huh. you know, just hilarious presence where you just you, you put them in a movie and just looking at them, you know they're going to be funny kind of performance. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, so the plan is that Ray Finkel uh, changed his name to Lois Einhorn, worked his way up through the rankings to become lieutenant of the police department in Miami in hopes of one day having his revenge, waiting for the perfect time. And that's when I said earlier his line, Super Bowl time. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> A, this person had to climb the ranks to become a uh, lieutenant, which in, in not that long of a span of time, which is not easy, I'm sure. Yeah, I was um, going to say uh, 10 years, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, so. And uh, and then uh, hope that the Dolphins would make the Super Bowl again with Dan Marino as their quarterback, which uh, they never did in real life. They never made another Super Bowl. After not, no, the last Super Bowl they were in was in 80, the 8014. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They had they made the playoffs and they were you know contenders always. I remember but, Dan Marino. I know he never won a Super Bowl, but I didn't know that he. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Aware yeah, of just him. played yeah. in the in the one. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, but it worked out for her, and and just the the sheer fact that that much of it, her plan worked out is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Never mind the fact that you know she actually you know kidnapped. Uh, uh, the quarterback and the mascot of the team. I'm not sure why kidnapping the mascot had anything to do with like, if you really want your revenge, just kidnap the quarterback. What what does the mascot have to do with anything? This isn't a good movie plot wise. No. <laughs> I stand by what I said in the first 15 minutes. Well, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with holes as we talk here. Okay. Yeah. About, it, it, it may be a good movie. There may be, you know, good qualities about it, but the plot is certainly not one of them, and that's where I think the director is a little bit of uh, crazy, where he actually thinks that it's a, a genuinely good detective story. Yeah. Um, so then Finkel says that he can prove that Finkel, that Einhorn is a man uh, by ripping her clothes off. Uh, however, there is doesn't appear to be any proof of that, as she looks like a woman. And um, you could get that plastic surgery in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of surgery can be done over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, but I doubt she had time in her busy schedule to get rid of good old Mr. Kanish. And he rips her skirt off <laughs> and it doesn't appear that anything is there. Um, but then Dan Marino whispers over and says that, you know, points out that, uh, you can see from behind that uh, she does have a penis and that it's tucked back. Um, the the I old did, tuck. <laughs> yeah, I did not get that whole scene. 
Uh, because he says, I don't think I did when I first saw No, her. I did definitely didn't. Because um, he says, you know, uh, if if she is a man, or if she is a woman, then she's suffering from the worst case of hemorrhoids I've ever seen, and turns her around, and you can see the outline of, you know, the penis. and A um, penis and balls yeah. in a woman's underwear. Yeah, yeah, I just thought maybe it was hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, what does that mean, hemorrhoids? What are they talking about? <laughs> I don't think I knew what hemorrhoids were when <laughs> I was 10 or 11, so yeah. Um, but yes, so... Um, famous line here that's why roger predactor died he found captain winky <laughs> yes <laughs> um so yeah that's uh so you know she then comes at him with a piece of glass or something he flips her over into the water and then the cops after the cops all vomit themselves I they guess, all vomit to the crying game yeah. song for about five or ten seconds so I guess they, they all had again, some yeah. sort of relationship with her as well uh, maybe that, <laughs> that's maybe that's how point. she how quickly she rose to the top um but there you go oh look yeah. at you coming up with ways to make this plot work <laughs> yeah um so then um you know she i guess she's arrested a springs returns dan marino to the super bowl for just in time for the second half and uh then he sees this white pigeon or dove or something that he's been which after. he was trying to get in the first scene like one of the first uh, yeah he's been he's, him, yeah. yeah it's a twenty five thousand dollar pigeon or bird and he's been trying to catch it the whole movie um and now he's just about to catch it it lands on the the cooler and uh just as he's about to get it the eagle's mascot who's dressed up as an eagle uh comes over and swats it away and does um, the eagle's mascot have a name swoop i think Swoop. Okay, yeah. I, I knew it was something. All right. Yeah, but I, to my knowledge, it doesn't look anything like that. But you know, maybe 95 it did. I, I don't. Okay. Know, okay. But, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they. Um. So the eagles mascot knocks the you know swats the bird away. Um. And um, Ace Ventura, you know, funny scene, yells at him for doing that. And you know, you just cost me twenty five grand, Polly. Oh yeah, blow me. And then they <laughs> really, and they start pushing each other. And they start fighting, fist fighting. Um, and then, as the uh, PA announcer uh, says that Ace Ventura is the lover of all animals, um, as he's beating up the eagle's mascot, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and that's how the movie ends. So funny. freeze frame on his face, yeah. and then a tone loke rap song yes. over the credits. Yep. <laughs> Um, so. with Jim Carrey in it too, I think a little bit. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Um, and that's how so it that's is. Ace Ventura, that's Pet Ace Detective. Ventura, Pet yep. Detective. All right. I think you should go first because I think this is one of the rare times where you've revealed your opinion about this movie more than I have throughout the review. So why don't you yeah. tell us if you think it was a real big mistake or not? And then I'll go. All right. So I definitely don't. I think this, I, I, I am very upset. Not only that the, the critic score, I mean, I could see the critic score and I get it and fine. I, I'm fine yeah. with that. But the audience, but they were a little extra harsh with which what when the what I told well, you about Siskel and Ebert yeah. said guaranteed the worst movie going to be its own is worst movies of the year list and now I know exactly what to tell people when people ask me what's the worst movie you've seen recently thanks for making my life easier Ace Ventura he says something like that so and I'll it's not it's nowhere near I think that is a horrible I'd have to scene. see what else was out in February of 1994 but I. 
Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's February, so how many movies came out before it anyway? Yeah, okay, maybe it was the That's worst movie at that. But again, January and February aren't good movie months anyway. So they're usually, I'm, at least historically, they were yeah. months of bad movies. I'm yes. sure that there is a worst movie at that time, and definitely in that year, because I think this is definitely not a, one of the worst movies of the year. And it was uh-huh. a it was a box office hit and made Jim uh-huh. Carrey's career. Yeah. And I. I think it's I, clearly. I think it's not a real big mistake. Um, I, I, you know, I, you, you want to say the critics, you know, all right, fine, I get that, but I, I can't believe the audience score is is as low as it is, um, given how quotable this movie is, especially in the sports world, especially with, in the nineties, especially okay, in the 90s, yeah, yeah, and in the sports world. But in night, I mean, if you were in, I mean, I guess we were in elementary school going into middle school, you couldn't not know these quotes even if you didn't see these movies right a lot of the quotes that you and i said his laugh you couldn't it was just you couldn't escape it mm-hmm. whether you wanted to or not it was just part of you know american pop culture uh at that point and for several years after yeah um so yes clearly i do not think this is a real big mistake uh i think it's iconic i think it's uh, a huge piece of american pop culture and um Again, I'm, uh, I'm bewildered and, and baffled by the audience score here because I would have imagined that that would have been much higher. Um, but yes, great movie, great comedy, uh, still holds up today, I think. And yeah, I, I completely disagree with the critics. All right. All right. So now it's my turn. All right. And uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is not a real big mistake as well. Uh, I'm a fan of this movie. Um, I understand why the critics may not like it. I do think Siskel and Ebert in particular were very harsh, Mm -hmm. brutally harsh uh, with this. But um, it has maybe a factor of it is the nostalgia growing up with it. Uh, You couldn't avoid the quotes. You couldn't even if you didn't like it. It was just like, you know, so popular. And then, yeah. And like you said, you know, the way we talked about Top Gun, this made made Tom Cruise who he is and who he would become. This made Jim Carrey. And I will say Jim Carrey was not only maybe one of the biggest stars, but maybe one of the best big stars between 1994 Mm -hmm. and and 2004. That 10-year period, yeah, he made a few bad movies, and we listed a few of them, like The Cable Guy or The Grinch or The Majestic, but he had a lot more movies like Ace Ventura and The Mask and Dumb and Dumber and The Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Just that that handful of movies alone right there. Uh, you know, and I guess we're, I'm thankful because he is a really good actor. Forget what the Academy says or doesn't say, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. He's given great performances. These performances are going to live for a long time. Um, I remember there was a Simpsons joke when Simpson, uh, when Lisa Simpson, they flash forward to her future. She's in college and she dates this Hugh Grant type character. Mm -hmm. Um, And they go to a Jim Carrey festival and it says 40 classic films starring Jim Carrey or something like that. (laughs) And this was had to be in the mid 90s. So maybe at this point he had just done Ace Ventura 2. So he was a big overnight sensation. And no, he's not who he is. You don't stay on top forever. But he had a 10 year span where he was a huge, huge bankable star. And most of the movies he made were good quality 
dramas and comedies. Okay, I the Truman Show was fantastic. Uh, Eternal Sunshine and Man on the Moon have a lot of dramatic moments, and I think he's he delivers great performances in both of those. Mm-hmm. Where it's tough to imagine another actor playing those parts. Um, so that says a lot for him and his talent. And yeah, if it wasn't for Ace Ventura being a big hit, we might not have gotten. You know, I'm sure The Mask was already in the pipeline, and maybe Dumb and Dumber was too. But uh, you know, who knows what what would have happened? So I'm thankful that this movie was the hit. Uh, I do think it holds up. It's very, it's just making me think of the '90s. It's very '90s. Yep. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a good, stupid, funny movie. I'm not going to say it's a great plot. I'm not going to say it's a great detective story. Um, but it is a, a, a very good, you're going to laugh when you see Ace Ventura. And I, I laughed, uh, 25, 26, 27 years ago. I'm laughing now. So it holds up. All right. Wonderful. All right. So neither of us think this is a real big mistake. Critics, you are wrong. And, <laughs> uh, we are right. So, and I'm just going to, we are right. You're talking more like me now. I'm just going to say this. I guess when it comes to critics' opinions, maybe because I have more of a critic mindset, I don't really care what they say on Rotten Tomatoes. And also, when it comes to the audience score, come on, Rich. You're really going to let that upset you? Uh, no, I should What the audience is going to say? Come on, but... this is an audience that voted for George W. Bush twice and Trump for president once. Uh, well, I'm not well, going to get into politics, but I'm just Technically annoyed. speaking, no, but I, I don't have much faith in people's taste. This is this is the people that, uh, you know, are obsessed with Marvel movies now and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I, I, I attack I, the, 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 crit, the audience scores. That means little to nothing to me. Uh, what, me what too. To I just say. thought that this movie was more beloved, I guess, than... Than, than what the audience score reflects. And yes, it means nothing, and, and I don't... If Rotten Tomatoes was around in 1994-95, it would be in the high 90s. I agree. And that's, that's okay, so this is too. a flaw with Rotten Tomatoes yeah. more than it is a flaw with the people. Okay. Uh, so, But even if the people really did say that, I, you know, that what people think, especially with movies, seldom sways my opinion. Yeah, so. no, I agree. All right, so that does it for um, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. So uh, moving on to next week, we have a few more weeks left because I think we're going to do 20 mm-hmm. uh, movies yep. this season. Um, I mm-hmm. don't remember what – this might have been, what, 16 maybe? I think we're up to 14, 15, or 16. We'll have to go back and yeah. count after this. But uh, you know, we've got a few more left. And this was a tough one for me to come up with, what we're going to do for next week. Because I remember last year in February, I wanted to do something for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is Monday. So I was like, all right, I'll skip out on Valentine's Day this year for February. But February is also Black History Month. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, what are some movies that we could do? And we've mentioned a few. I remember uh, when we did Any Given Sunday, uh, we mentioned Booty Call with Jamie Foxx. That's considered rotten. I thought about doing that. But then I was thinking about other things. I was thinking about some Denzel Washington movies that maybe I like that aren't are considered rotten. I was thinking about some Spike Lee movies that I like that are considered rotten. And it's going through this, I was typing in a few other actors and directors, African-American actors and directors, and then one stood out, and I was very surprised to see that this movie is considered rotten. And I just mentioned Marvel, and we're going to do a very early Marvel movie. We're going to do the 1998 
uh, action horror hybrid Wesley Snipes in Blade. Oh, okay. I never saw it, so. Oh, really? Okay. I believe it's streaming on it's streaming on Peacock. Okay. Um. So if you want to watch it on that, I think you for free. I think you can. There might be commercials. I'm not sure. Um. But uh, yeah, I have the DVD. It's it might be on. It was on HBO. It might still be on HBO. I'm not sure. But we're gonna be doing. I I was very surprised to see this was considered rotten. So we're gonna look at uh, a very early uh, Marvel movie. Uh, with uh, Wesley Snipes, a 90s uh, comic book movie as the vampire killer Blade. All right, so that'll be uh, next episode. So, um, all right, so that'll do it for this one. Um, Again, uh, my name is Rich Tola. You can find us on uh, Twitter on at RealBigMistake and on Instagram at RealBigMistakes. And, um, you know, feel uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast and rate it and review it on Apple. If you listen on Apple podcasts. Yes, please do. And uh, yeah. and also, if you guys have recommendations for us, because I, I was struggling this week <laughs> on what to pick. Uh, so please give us some ideas of what you'd like to hear, what you'd like to hear us talk about and uh, discuss and review. Um, I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. You could listen to all of my uh, all our podcasts and uh, read my reviews and articles at www.panandslam.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jason K. Critic. Live long, prosper, and watch movies.